is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. So, what do you think? Is real estate in the news this week? Well, I don't know if I've actually gone through a week in the last, oh, I'd almost say 10 years, but I'll definitely say five, where major stories haven't been breaking about real estate or major conversations. You know, we always talk about real estate being the topic at the water coolers, at the breakfast table. You know, I I, I think it's the topic for everyone. Either you're trying to buy, you're trying to sell, you don't know what the heck the market's doing. Is it going to crash? Is there a bubble? There is so many opinions swirling around. I'm going to do my best to decipher it every single week here, as you know, when you tune into Simply Real Estate. But more importantly, you know, we're going to try to keep you at least away from the headlines and break them down. Because when I start hearing things from the big banks and a bunch of other people saying that we're in a bubble, I think people's impression is 1989 and what that bubble represented or what that bubble actually was. So this week, I'm going to try to break it down a little for you. Now, coming up also, I've got some great guests joining me. You might remember the name Ray Ferris. He is president of Ontario Real Estate Association. He will be joining me. We're going to talk uh, about uh, the market and some of the numbers that are coming right across Ontario. Also, we're going to introduce the president-elect, Mr. Ettore Cartarelli. Uh, he's uh, he's going to be taking over the uh, the helm from Ray uh, come March. And later in the hour, minutes with the mayor. Um, what do you think of Ajax, folks? Well, you know what? Great area, also growing, lots of uh, lots of potential there. About 120,000 people. We're having Mr. Steve Parrish join us, and he is mayor of uh, Ajax, and he'll be joining us for minutes with the mayor. But more importantly, you know what is actually you know going on in the news. Ah, and before I get to all that good stuff, I always forget. And you know, I completely spaced last week. Um, we've got our new seminar coming up April the 27th. It is at our new home of real estate, our new international head office, and uh, our own training facility. So uh, coming up April the 27th and coming up this week, everybody's been wondering when is the new release coming? Well, you know what? If you're on our email list, you will be getting an email this week telling you about the brand new release. And I will tell you, it is located in London. So if you're interested, uh, one and two bedroom units, fully tenanted, go to thesimpleinvestor.com and you can find out more. But this week, um, I'm sorry, I have to, you know, I have to call out some of the economists and some of the interpretation that's going on in this marketplace. When we hear bubbles and they start, you know, wanting to use an analogy from an economical standpoint, uh, which I do understand why they do it, but part of it is the interpretation and everybody interprets a bubble differently. Right now, this past week, um, from uh, from the uh, the chief economist for BMO, uh, Doug Porter, he turned around and he said, um, you know, Toronto housing market and the many cities surrounding it are in a housing bubble. This is his statement. Now, to follow up on it, he says, everyone may have a slightly different definition of what a bubble is, but most can agree it's when prices become dangerously detached from economic fundamentals and start rising strongly simply because people believe they will keep rising strongly, encouraging more buying. 
it's that last part of that statement that I'm in disagreement. And I'm sorry, um, uh, Mr. Porter, I understand you with your uh, with your background and your reputation in the uh, economy. Uh, you're very, very strong and knowledgeable, obviously. But here's my problem with it. Did we forget about the size of the GTA market and how it continues to grow? You know, when supply and demand is in play, this is where you start looking at world-class cities. So I agree, we are in a very, very tough position economically with a lot of the pricing. But if we turn around and look at the fact that the city grows at a minimum of 100 thousand people per year and if we're not keeping up pace with the building how is it that we were to house the new immigrants or people that are coming in from other provinces why is the fact that the gta the overall gta in excess of five million people which continues to grow which was probably not even a third of that back in 89 when the housing bubble did burst We've got more demand than ever before. So is this truly a housing bubble or is it defined as a shortage of inventory? Only you out there in the marketplace that are feeling this will truly understand that and know it. So is it the fact that we've got different generations now looking for more homes or for their first home? So we have all our millennials, which we've never had this big of population looking for their first home. Secondly, the baby boomers, who what most people can say contain most of the wealth, they are sitting on a large asset being their properties, their homes, and they don't want to go anywhere yet. Okay, everybody's healthier, living longer. So here we go. We've got a problem with the top end of the inventory. So this is why when we start hearing multiple offers coming through on properties, that the reason for it is it's because there's just not enough of them on the market. Have you ever noticed in your neighborhood that if a property comes up for sale, when the sold sign goes up, another one will pop up? But really, you never see three or four come on at the same time. Everyone plays leapfrog in a market like this. And this is because they're trying to benefit from the last previous sale. Makes total sense. But there's still not enough inventory in, in play here that we see entire neighborhoods turning over. So you may look at a street and say, I want to buy a house on that street, but nothing has come up in the last two years. You almost wait to see. You can become ambulance chasers, as some realtors are, and what they do is they just wait to see or hear of something that goes on so a property will come up for sale. It's a fact. And when we take a look at the density right now, there's not making any more land. So what do we do? We build up. And this is, a, this is a common thing right now. So we are seeing more and more high rises. Well, why do you think the prices have gone up in condominiums? Well, because they're the only thing available for people to buy. So if that's the case, and then we continue to hear this bubble where they actually are making assumptions saying, well, you know, you can tell it's a bubble because people are buying condos. Duh, they're the only affordable thing in the marketplace. So we have to talk about reality. Now, I am not going to encourage anybody to extend themselves over their ability to buy. So people aren't saying, listen, I'm buying for six months, even though I know I'm going to probably, you know, not be able to continue to make the payment so I can flip. We're not seeing enough of the individual sales 
turn over for a second time. And this is where we defined the market back in 1989-1990 when we see, saw the complete unraveling of the real estate market and a decline of 30% in the actual values. And the reason for it was that the house would go on the market, somebody would buy it, they would sell it literally a week, a day, or a month later. Nobody was hanging on to it. If you take a look right now, the people that are buying are hanging on to it. They're end users. Now, you can all sit there and throw up the flag and say, hang on, Todd, foreign buyers. It's a fact we have them. Yes, it is. But they're not reaping profit right now. They are not walking away from the property. Look, if somebody bought in Vancouver three years ago, do you not think that they should have bailed out last year? But they didn't. There wasn't a lot of foreign investment selling, and the stats actually indicated it. The foreign buyers are not selling. So they're not here to make profit. They're here to keep equity in a, in a country they feel is safe. So this is the definition of people that are investing in a company, not speculating in a com- in a country. And this is the kind of thing that has really screwed up the headlines, and I'm kind of getting sick and tired of it, and I'm sorry that I'm a little passionate about this, but I'm tired of the misinformation that's floating around. Take a look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie, okay? And that's a fact. When we see the turnover of the actual real estate in the market, the foreign buyers aren't selling. The the millennials who bought brand new are not selling. They're buying, moving in, staying there, and gauging their time for their next move. This is reality. Where we could see the brakes coming on could be from the province, okay? If Kathleen Wynne decides that she wants to implement a foreign buyer tax, then everybody gets nervous, and it actually, despite the fact that maybe you've got a 5 or 10% market of foreign buyers, could be slightly higher. But all of a sudden, everybody says, if the foreign buyers aren't there, I'm not going to sell because I won't get enough money. Folks, your values are your values. They're true. Foreign buyers will push some values up, but they're not the driving force in our Ontario market. They were in Vancouver, but only certain pockets in Vancouver. And Vancouver had a lot more limitations for development. We've got ample. You know, one of the reasons why we have the minutes with the mayors is that we can talk about the outer markets, about the development and the affordability. And this is part of why people have to understand there's a lot more opportunity out there. The sky is not falling. The reality is, is that we have a shortage of supply and only you can make a decision when you want to buy. Yes, people want to sell. Yes, people want to buy. But if that number doesn't match out, then you're going to have one of two things. Too much Supply, not enough demand, prices go down. Not enough supply, too much demand, prices go up. Basic economics, and it's one of those things that, yes, are we in a bubble? If we are, this bubble is not like anything we've ever seen, and it's probably a lot more solid than most people think. That's just my take on it, and it's a little bit of reality of the stuff that I'm seeing in the news. Now, talk about foreign buyers. Hey, listen, quick note. They seem to like uh, Canada for another reason, commercial real estate. Last year alone, 27% of all commercial transactions over $10 million were, uh, were bought by foreign investment. There's a big, some big families out of Europe that have been investing. You'll, you'll see some of, these, uh, some of these big malls that are being purchased. And to give you an idea, total sales number, $34.7 billion 
worth of foreign investment in commercial real estate. Now, I'm not telling you to go run out and buy a, a strip mall and then I'll try to sell it to a foreign investor. That's not what I'm telling you. But it shows that when you buy commercial, this is not a speculative thing. This is strictly an income play, which we talk about investment. Investment real estate is strong in the commercial avenue for a lot of these foreign investors and they see Canada to be a great place. So that's just to give you a little bit of a uh, overview on what's happening. Um, remember, if uh, if you are interested um, in knowing more about our seminar, go to thesimpleinvestor.com. Coming up after the break, I've got Mr. Ray Ferris, president of ARIA. He's going to be joining me and we're going to be talking numbers in Ontario. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. So, as I'd mentioned just before I went to the break, my next guest is no stranger to radio. He is actually the president of ORIA, Mr. Ray Ferris. He, you will hear him, by the way, this week on uh, Ask the Experts. Uh, Ian Grant has got him on, so make sure you tune in. In fact, it's just right after this show. So, you know what? Stay tuned for it because Ray has lots to talk about. But what the heck? You know what? I figured I'd dra- drag him into the studio anyways. And uh, always great to have you on, Ray. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Todd. If this real estate gig doesn't work out, I think I'm going to try a career in radio. There you go. Listen, you got the voice for it. And uh, you know what? I won't say you have the looks for it because everybody <laughs> everybody says, oh, you got the looks for radio. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, Ray, hey, listen, lots of stats, uh, you know, coming down this week. You know, whenever, whenever we roll through uh, into February, I think, you know, everybody gets, you know, want, want to do the analysis for 2016, of course, you know, year end, year over year, January's, everybody's talking about the market. Um, what's Aria say? What, what, what are we looking at right now? Last year at this time, everybody was asking me about uh, the market and whether it was going to continue to increase. And people didn't think that the market can, could continue to increase. And just yesterday, I received January stats from all of the MLS systems of the real estate boards in Ontario. Great. And in January, sales increased 10% year over year. And nobody thought that was possible, but it happened again. Okay. So when you say increase, are we talking dollar value or are we talking actual number of unit sales? Both. So number of unit sales increased by 10.5%. Okay. And dollar value also increased and it rose to $556,000 as the average home sale price in all of Ontario. Okay. So for January. Right. So that, and that's up 10% from the year before. Correct. Okay. So interesting numbers because obviously, obviously not all marketplaces are facing the 10% increase. So when we take a look at the outer markets, um, using Toronto as kind of the base, it's been pulling some of the numbers because we saw some uh, 20% increases year over year in the Toronto market in a few areas. Um, but interestingly enough is that, that you're talking about the volume. So the number of units, you know, know that January year over year has gone up over last year, last year being, you know, basically a record in the, in the boards. You know, a lot of people keep, you know, you know, in the news, you know, you, you and I here, especially being the president of a real, you know, people are questioning you all the time, you know, where are these numbers coming from? Where, you know, are, are we inundated with foreign buyers? You know, how can this continue? The one part of the topic, and, and I was tra- talking about it earlier before before the break, um, just in, in my introduction, is the fact that, you know, 
the truth is Canada is getting bigger. Well, when Canada gets bigger, definitely Ontario gets bigger because Ontario is one of the biggest landing spots for all new immigrants. When we're bringing in, you know, 100,000, 200,000 people a year, they've got to live somewhere. So, 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 so is it, is it, should people stop sitting there, you know, like raising all the alarms, you know, seeing that the volume is going up, dollars are going up. I mean, you know, when, when we talk about bubbles, you know, you've, you've been in the industry for a long time. You know, we talk, we talk about to people all the time that have, you know, have a history in it. And more importantly, this is, if this is a bubble, it's definitely not your typical bubble because there's just so much demand. Yeah. I'm, I've been a realtor now for 21 years, Todd, and I've heard all about a bubble year after year after year. And I've yet to see this bubble burst. Right. But we do have a critical shortage of housing right now in the province of Ontario. And the Ontario Real Estate Association has urged the government to create a housing affordability task force to deal with this issue of the shortage of housing available for sale, particularly in the GTA. And there's some ways we can do that. For example, we've got to get rid of the red tape and the needless bureaucracy that it takes to get a building permit in this province. Right. Um, you know, I know CEO uh, Tim Hudak, uh, who has been on the show with us uh, in the past, um, you know, he's an advocate, obviously, of cleaning up that red tape as well as you are. You know, one of the biggest problems, you know, when we talk about supply and demand is just the longevity that it takes. You know, some builders just don't even bother, you know, because they just, they can't get, you know, can't get to the finished product soon enough. You know, there's so much money that they have to outlay when they're doing a development. You know, right now, Toronto obviously is the hottest building spot when they do the, the, the internal stuff, you know, when they're, they're, they're you know, con- condensing things. But when we take a look at the outer markets, they need it just as much as any other market. You know, we know that some of your, I would call it your tier two marketplaces. So the areas, let's say that have anything from 20 to 100,000. And, uh, you know, people living in it, those markets need it as well. Why is the red tape so difficult? Why can they not take those, those handcuffs off? You know, that's a great question, Todd, for which I don't have the answers. I mean, we are just calling upon the government to get rid of the red tape and the bureaucracy. That might have been there with the best of intentions, but it's just simply not working. It's tying the hands of the builders. And at the end of the day, it's not making housing available for the people that are looking for houses. And it's driving the cost of housing up and out of control. Well, it's that whole supply and demand, you know, and, and as you mentioned in your marketplace where you trade real estate, you know, you are seeing your prices go up, you know, you're seeing multiple people actually coming to the plate wanting to buy. Is this something we should be looking at for the next few years? At the current rate of uh, supply and demand? I think so. So let me use the example of where I come from. I live two and a half hours southwest of Toronto and our prices are up 20% year over year unprecedented increase in prices. I've never experienced anything like it in 21 years of selling real estate. The buyer that comes to my marketplace today is very different than the buyer from 20 years ago. Our average buyer today is somebody that sold their house in Toronto or the GTA or even Hamilton. People in Hamilton are moving their way to Port Dover, Port Rowan, Long Point areas where I live because they can buy houses 
for a lot less money and they're selling their houses for a lot of money here, right? Sure. So you know what? It's, that trend is continuing. It's just, it's a snowball effect. The, the, it's happening in the outlying areas outside of Toronto. And you know, a lot of the economists are throwing out the word speculation that everybody's buying because of speculation. I disagree. I disagree 100%. I think people are just trying to find a place to live. Yeah. Well, as a real estate broker who's active in the real estate business every single day, I'm out there working with buyers every single day of my life. The people that I'm helping buy a home are people that are looking for a place to raise their family. I can't recall the last time, Todd, that I've sold a house to somebody who was just simply speculating. Yeah. And that's the thing. And, you know, when, and seeing the markets, when they did hit the speculation part of it, you know, they were flipping them and they were flipping them a lot quicker. They weren't sitting there buying and holding. And that's the thing. I think we see people that are actually serious about it. You're finishing off as your term as president, aren't you? Right. On March 1, I conclude my service as a year president of ARIA. Was it exciting? It was awesome. It's a year that I'll forever cherish. I met a lot of great people and we did a lot of good work on behalf of Ontario consumers. Excellent. Listen, Ray, I have to congratulate you because it's been a real pleasure having you on the show and I'm going to keep you coming back if you don't mind, because, you know, it's always great to talk to, you know, a professional that understands the business. When, uh, I'm going to ask you to stay put because when you and I come back, we're going to be introducing the president-elect of ARIA and it is Mr. Ettore Cartarelli. So we're going to uh, stay with me and um, we're going to introduce them when we come back. I'll hang in. Excellent. When we come back, as I said, introducing the new president-elect, Mr. Ettore Cardarelli. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, I have some special guests with me today. Uh, just before the break, I was talking to Mr. Ray Ferris, and he is president of the Ontario Real Estate Association. And if you didn't catch the uh, the first part, uh, 70,000 members strong in Ontario and uh, you know very important with such a great governing body. Now, of course, for those of you that are not aware of this, um, presidents uh, have a one-year term with ARIA, and uh, Ray has done a wonderful job, but fortunately for us, we get to introduce right here on Simply Real Estate uh, the new president-elect coming in. It is Mr. Ettore Cardarelli. You know, it's uh, it's been uh, really interesting. I, I know of your name because, of course, you've been a uh, broker of record uh, in Mississauga uh, for your own brokerage there for quite a few, quite a few years. And so I think maybe your name is familiar to some people in Mississauga. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, National Realty Center, Mississauga, 28 years. I've been in the business since uh, 86. So we're coming up to uh, just over 30 years. Wow. So you've definitely seen it all, you know, and uh, lots that I'd like to talk to you about. And, uh, you know, Ray and I were talking a little bit earlier, but of course, you know, the market right now, it's about as hot as we've seen. Uh, Right now, you know, we've got a lot of economists throwing their their hat into the mix saying, we're bubble, we're bubble, we're bubble. Remember 1989, you were in the business back then, you know, just as a read for some of our listeners. What do you think? I mean, you've seen, you've seen, you know, some different markets. Where do you see us at, at this bubble? Well, we have seen different markets and um, the market is uh, busier now for, for buyers and sellers. 
Um, it might have actually been busier for agents back in the 80s. I remember one afternoon where three properties sold in the same office three times in one day because we didn't have the technology available <laughs> to distribute the information like we have it today. So from an agent perspective, there were crazier times. Sure. For, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's amazing what technology has done. And I think it's really opened up the industry. Uh, you know, people can turn around, go online. They can track so much more. You know, Ray, you've been an active uh, active broker, obviously, for years as well. You know, even in your marketplace, you and I have talked about this in the past, but, uh, you know, the overall Ontario market is very strong, but we're seeing a lot of spillover out of the GTA. In fact, you know, we're, we're seeing multiple offers in the smaller markets. You know, um, Ray, is this, is this something that, you know, we can probably look towards for a little bit longer, you think? I think so. I mean, I work two and a half hours southwest of Toronto in a very small real estate market. And so many of our buyers today are now coming from the GTA and they're pushed out of GTA because there's no supply available for them. Or a lot of people are taking early retirements and looking to neighborhoods outside of Toronto or the GTA. And with the internet making it so easy to work from home, many people are moving out of the city and working remotely from home. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I've talked to, uh, you know, a lot of different people and I won't even call them investors because they're not really, they're not buying these under an investment guys. They're actually looking at an affordability as a secondary residence, some to some for, you know, vacation, meaning, you know, all, you know, waterfront properties. Of course, we know what's happening in cottage country, but, you know, a little bit of that hobby farm, uh, you know, is, they're, they're, they're moving some of their money into the outer areas and they're just simply looking for like an acre or two, you know, property, keeping it simple, you know, a little weekend getaway. And so, so we're we're seeing all the outer markets, you know, you know, starting to peak. You know, Atori, one of the one of the things that um, you know, as the incoming, uh, you know, the president elect right now uh, for Ontario Real Estate Association, obviously, you know, um, Aria has is uh, an incredible, uh, I think, institution for realtors. Okay, you know, and one of the things, obviously, is the education that's required. I don't know if everybody's quite aware of the the ongoing education that realtors have and this is something that you know you know I, I have talked to in the past with Ray that you know people have to every two years they have to be taking ongoing courses keeping them educated um, is this something that uh, is going to keep going are we going to see even more intensity put into something like this for the re- realtors of the future well I believe so I, I think that the ongoing education first of all uh, falls within the purview of the uh, real estate council of Ontario so it's mandated yep. uh, and uh, has to be followed so there are courses that have to be completed every two years, as you've indicated. Um, our commitment as an organization is to go beyond those courses and, and to try to work on the professionalism uh, that goes far beyond the minimum requirements. And that, I think, will continue to be a responsibility of the association, um, not just this year, but in, in future. So I think that's where our focus will be. You know, one of, one of the hot topics, and this is the one that, you know, I find that some people want to stray away from, but when we talk about commissions. And again, there's no nothing mandated that says you must charge X, okay? It's normally an industry norm that people like to play within. But, you know, there, there's, there's the argument right now, and of course we see this a lot in Toronto where people say, you know, it's not necessary for agents to charge a commission. Like, and they almost think that anybody can be an agent. 
Here at Simply Real Estate, I am the person that is, and, and Ray knows this, I believe in professional agents. I believe in the full-time values of a professional agent, the education that's required. I believe in the dedication that's required. I think it's very, very important for people. If you can just touch on it, I believe professional agents definitely are worth their salt all day long. You've been in it for a long time, as you're aware, my history in the, in the industry. Yes. You know, full-time, always. One of the things I encourage people, obviously, is to make sure that they go with a professional educated agent. I think it's I think it's crucial. I think that this is one of the guidelines for the future of real estate. Um, how is it that the public have such a bad perception? Is it just because of commissions and they just say anybody can do it? Or, or, or what, why, why are we always combating this? Well, I don't think we're necessarily combating it. The public perception is uh, interesting, of course, and, and it'll change from time to time. We know that as realtors, we've never been high on the scale of public perception, so we continue to work on that, um, not just from the standard requirements as, as we've already indicated, but from continuing to develop that professionalism. Look, the role of a, a realtor isn't just to list the property and make the sale. There are many more things that go with that, whether it's advising the client on things that relate to the home, preparing the home. As you know, that's changed over the years as well. The marketing that goes along with that. And it doesn't end the day of closing. Um, it's not just about keeping personal relationships and keeping people happy so they'll do another deal with you down the road. It's about making sure that now that they're in that property, they understand what they bought and they may have questions that they didn't fully prepare for before they moved in. So there's a continuing role that the realtor has. And I think that's what people appreciate. Uh, yeah, if you close the deal and you walk away, um, you've done one deal and, and that's not valuable to your career in the long run. So if you were going to give the, um, let's say, a would-be seller some, some advice, again, both being a broker and now president-elect, um, you know, what kind of advice do you give people in a market like this? Well, first of all, use a realtor. We are realtors. Um, there are other real estate people that are not realtors. We are realtors. So use a realtor. Wherever possible, try to use your local realtor because they will know the, the market best. The next step after that would be try and use people you know because you've had a relationship with them and oftentimes you're comfortable with that. Sure. Those will be the people that you can rely on and they will come through for you. You know, I also uh, try to give people advice to say, uh, it's always good to interview a few realtors. You know, you've got to be comfortable. This is most people's biggest transaction of their life. And to have that comfort and security that you think that you're having the right represent representation is very important. So not that knee-jerk reaction, just, you know, grab anybody. No, no. And, and that's a very important interview. People, if you have a need to do that, if you moved into an area we don't know anybody, uh, but with technology again today, whether it's through the internet or searches, references from colleagues and friends that, that have used somebody recently, yep, uh, all of those things will be helpful. Yeah, excellent advice. Uh, listen, I want to wish you, obviously, uh, incoming uh, you know, president-elect to Aria all the best, and I'd love to have you come back on the show later in the year. And, and again, uh, Ray has been a wonderful guest uh, over the last year with me, and so I wish you all the best. Well, I appreciate that very much. Thank you, and uh, I hope that I can fill the uh, shoes that uh, Ray has, because he has done a tremendous job. And 
And Ray, always um, all the best. And I know we we'll, we will continue to have you on the show as as time goes on. Great, thank you, Todd. Excellent. So, uh, folks, when we come back, we've got minutes with the mayors, and we're going to be joined by the uh, mayor of Ajax. So, stay with me. I'll be right back. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. Here comes our segment of the week. As you all know, if you've been tuning in for the last little while, it is Minutes with the Mayors. And this week, we've decided to go to Ajax. And uh, joining me now is the mayor of Ajax, Mr. Steve Parrish. And Mr. Mayor, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today, sir. You know, one of the things that uh, obviously we always hear whenever we start thinking a little bit east of Toronto, part of the GTA, we always hear the name Ajax comes up. And, um, you know, some interesting things happening there. And, you know, here at the show, I always like to let people know where I see really strong real estate values. And one of the one of the areas I talk about, of course, is Ajax, because I believe dollar for dollar, you're still a, a great buy. But more importantly, uh, Mr. Mayor, we'd love to have you talk to us a little bit about Ajax. You know, give, give our listeners just kind of a bit of a rundown on the town itself, you know, and uh, and then you and I can continue, so... Well, Ajax is uh, kind of a unique uh, community. It, it uh, unlike many of the other communities that go back uh, into uh, you know the colonial times, uh, the 18th century and 19th century. Ajax didn't exist until the Second World War, when it was uh, uh, taken over by the federal government to establish uh, what became the largest munitions uh, facility in the in the British Commonwealth, and and uh, so the farms that were here were expropriated, and they set up this munitions plant, and then uh, many people from across the country came here to work, many of them young women. They stayed, they started families. After the war was over, a lot of them stayed on and, and started our community. So it's a very a very young community. Um, it was named uh, after uh, the HMS Ajax, a British warship that was famous for the victory in the Battle of the River Plate in the Second World War, and that's where it got its name because the munitions workers were... Uh, very uh, patriotic and and uh, wanted to name the uh, place where they lived after a symbol of, uh, of of victory and and success in the Second World War, and that's where the the town got its name. And it's been a high growth municipality ever since. It's uh, in the latest census, it uh, was the fastest growing municipality in the Durham region, one of the fastest growing in the country, and now has a population of about 120,000 people. So, Mr. Mayor, one of the things that, of course, that we've been, uh, you know, tracking throughout uh, the GTA, obviously, is the the increase in values. We we know that Ajax has actually had a very nice increase in value year over year, uh, but still there there remains affordability. And so, one of the one of the questions would be is, you know, what kind of people are are being more attracted to Ajax now? What what is the growth in the population there? Well, the growth, as I said, has been very dynamic. Um, uh, every year we see uh, significant growth year over year. A um, lot in the last, I would say, couple of decades, uh, more and more, uh, we've been welcoming um, new Canadians. Uh, we have the uh, highest uh, visible minority uh, population in Durham region. So we have a lot of uh, new Canadians, a lot of uh, 
people who uh, have been attracted to the town for affordability reasons and other reasons, but the uh, the population and mix in the demographics is uh, very diverse, and uh, it's a young community because people primarily come here because uh, they can afford to uh, buy a home and, and start raising a family. So it's the demographic, although like many communities, is getting older, Ajax is still uh, a very, very young community with uh, a, a high population of, uh, of young people under 15 years of age, and, and the average age is you know, more like in the 40s than other municipalities have a population that's considerably older than that. Well, one of the nice things that we're aware of is that Ajax also is attracting a lot of the millennials, the people that are struggling to buy their first home. Yes. And so we're seeing that, uh, you know, coming into your marketplace. Um, I, I believe that's going to bode well for you for obviously, you know, internal development, you know, um, both from a, you know, schools and resource uh, aspect of things. And, you know, when we take a look at an employment, um, you know, are you are you finding that, you know, you've got more and more employers coming into the marketplace there? Yes, we do. And, and I think that, you know, quite often um, employment follows um, residential development and is attracted by uh, the fact that uh, a facility, a, a community is uh, young, has good infrastructure and is growing and that attracts commercial and industrial development. So in the last number of years, we've seen uh, more and more of that, and we've had quite dynamic uh, job growth over the last uh, uh, five, ten years. So a couple of things that uh, of note in the last, uh, I would say the last few weeks, definitely, but of course last year out in Vancouver, you know, there's a lot of red flags coming up right now with foreign investment. And, you know, you had mentioned um, that you do have a lot of immigration coming in, which I think is a wonderful thing, you know, and, and just for our listeners' sake, you know, there's a difference between people immigrating to Canada and foreign buyers. So yeah. the people immigrating, of course, they want to, you know, definitely create a home, a, a, you know, a family environment, that kind of thing. Thing, bring something to the country. But then we talk about foreign investment, and this is where, you know, they implemented the tax into the Vancouver market, into the BC market last year at uh, at 15%. Uh, Mr. Mayor, are you are you concerned at all in your in your town that you would be, you know, having a huge foreign buyer investment in your marketplace, or do you truly feel more confident with it more from an immigration standpoint? I think it's mainly the latter. I think it's mainly uh, driven by immigration, which is not to say there's not uh, foreign investment uh, being made in our community. I think, like many communities in the GTA, that's a reality, but I don't see it as the main driver in Ajax at this point in time. Right. And so, again, this is one of those one of those things that I think that, you know, a lot of municipalities are saying that, you know, they would like to have more control over some of these things, you know, I guess stepping away from a little bit from the provincial mandate. Um, you know, when we talk about development, are you finding that uh, you've got, you know, you obviously have new developers coming in. Um, they obviously are excited because, A, your, your, your values are solid, but are you finding that a lot of the developers are really targeting the Ajax market, knowing that they've got this, you know, good immigration, you know, solid young people, which means that you've got your move-up buyers. Are you finding that more developers are approaching you? Well, what we've found really more recently is the fact that Ajax has, the market's matured uh, beyond simply um, uh, single uh, detached homes and is now a market that's attracting investment into uh, multi-residential uh, condominiums and multi-res rental uh, development, uh, particularly in our downtown, 
we have a development underway by Medallion that's uh, uh, got uh, a couple of buildings under construction uh, that are about 25 stories high, uh, centering a new uh, public square in our community. A developer is uh, redeveloping an old plaza in Ajax in the downtown for condominium development. So we're seeing not just the traditional uh, suburban uh, single-detached, semi-detached uh, townhouse development. We're also seeing uh, a pretty strong uh, investment in, in multi-residential, which is good for our community because it gives housing opportunities for all sorts of people, empty nesters, young people, uh, people who prefer to rent or have to rent uh, and uh, or prefer to live in, a, in an apartment situation for, for various reasons. So our, our market has become much more diverse. Excellent. And so maybe just a brief snapshot of what you see over the next five years in in Ajax. Obviously, you know what what is up and coming. Uh, A lot of your applications are already made for uh, development. But what what should our listeners know about what to look forward to in Ajax over the next five years? Well, there's going to continue to be a a very strong market in in the traditional uh, suburban uh, development of, uh, you know, uh, detached homes, uh, townhouse development. There's there's still a significant amount of acreage in Ajax for that kind of development. But more and more, we're going to see over the next five to ten years and beyond a lot of redevelopment, a lot of intensification, uh, particularly in our in our downtown and our major arterial road. That uh, is going to uh, be a major uh, factor. Uh, development around uh, our go station and other major transportation points. The look of Ajax uh, over the next 10 years will, will change quite a bit. It'll still have a very strong, you know, single detached residential uh, component, but it'll be much more diverse in terms of buyer choice. Well, Mr. Mayor, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show today. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, for all our listeners, definitely, you know what, it's not a far drive from the GTA. And uh, definitely Ajax, I think, is a wonderful place for people to take a good look at if you're looking at uh, buying a home or, uh, or living. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. So that was great to have Mayor Steve Parrish with us today from Ajax. Folks, if you're thinking of a marketplace that's got some affordability to it, definitely Ajax is one of those marketplaces. And um, you know what? I just want to uh, thank my guests uh, this hour. Um, obviously, uh, having Ray Ferris, always a pleasure, a real president. Um, but again, president-elect, uh, Mr. Tori Cartarelli uh, was in with us today. And nice to have him. Very nice gentleman, a professional, been in the business for a long time. And uh, we look forward to uh, to him uh, being the leader of Aria uh, over the next year and uh, definitely have him come back on. And Minutes with the Mayor, always appreciate the mayors giving us enough time here so they can explain their municipalities and their towns or cities. Uh, Mr. Steve Parrish uh, from, uh, from Ajax, wonderful to have him on. So don't forget... Coming up on April 27th is our next seminar. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com and make sure that you get your spot. We've got real limited seating. By the way, it's at our new training facility, the new head office for The Simple Investor. It's our first one ever at our new building. It's going to be very exciting. And uh, you know what? Sign up for the email because the new release is coming out this week. Everybody's been waiting on it. And uh, so there's your teaser. 
So I'd like to thank my producer, Ian Grant, as usual, by keeping everything simple and for all of you tuning in. And remember, next week, the Minutes with the Mayor is going to be with Kaladin Mayor, Alan Thompson. So make sure you tune in. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater, and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>